this foobar might have some uh, craziness to it. So we're not gonna say any names besides my own. Everybody knows I'm Nate Landshark Shermer. But uh, to my immediate left, we got uh, we got a good buddy, and he's got a good foobar story for us. Are you ready for this? Oh, uh, I guess. <laughs> there was uh, there's this chick in my unit that we called Dumbo. She had some huge freaking ears, man. Like she oh, could, yeah. she could fly with those things. <laughs> uh, she, she was a piece of shit, and she ended up, she ended up getting kicked out. And so I had gone on deployment and came back, and I was with a group of guys I didn't really know, but we were on like my last field exercise, and they were like, "Dude, did you hear fucking Dumbo's got a porn site, dude? Like she's a porn star." We're just like, "Dude, no way." And so we're a group of guys huddled in the COC out in the field, just huddled around this fucking phone and this Bluetooth speaker, just watching her get railed out for like half an hour. <laughs> we're just like, ah, oh, that booty hole looks nasty. Oh man, her blowjob skills are terrible. It's just <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was, yeah. If anybody, oh, th- th- there was a girl out there with us too, and she was like, yeah, I knew she was a nasty hoe. Just like <laughs> everyone just talked mad shit on her. That was, I don't know. That was that, that story always sticks out because it's just like, if I tried to do that at work, you know, oh guys, like check this. I actually know this chick. You know, you gotta like, get around with a bunch of guys. Like you know, HR starts walking down like, hey, we need to have a talk. You know, this, right. this isn't acceptable in the workplace, but. You know, nowhere else can you do that. It's like perfectly fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's highly encouraged. <laughs> That's my foobar story. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. So we were talking a little bit before about uh, explosives. Yeah. Mine is very, very minimal, but it's one of my first memories with uh, explosives or things that go boom, if you will. My brother. My brother wanted to make a, a potato bazooka. <laughs> I want to say I want to say he was young too. I want to say he was like 11. So he was like 11. I was 12, and he went down to to the um, we had an Ace Hardware store, and he got all this PVC piping, and he got all this stuff. He got the fuse and everything, and then uh, he makes it, and he's like, "Hey, come come help me and let's let's go fire this thing." And we I, so this is in Wisconsin. Yeah, and we we lived next to a, a farm, and uh, there's cattle out there, and and he's uh, setting this up, and we're we're aiming it, and uh, I didn't think he was ready yet, and I was grabbing the the front of the barrel. I was young, young and dumb, and anyways, he was ready, and he lit it, and he shot my uh, fingernail off, <laughs> like clear off, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> But it, it was, he did it so well that yeah. it had a lot of velocity and it was clean. It was clean, yeah. clean, clean <laughs> right off. You know? But I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, this is not going to be good. But we, we continue, you know, firing <laughs> off. And then later, uh, I go down to my grandma's and I, and I show, I think my mom was at work or something. But I went down to my grandma's and I showed her and she's like, oh, you got to, you know, get this under running water right now. And it wasn't bleeding until she put it under running water oh, and then it's gushing then she's so putting hydrogen painful. oh my god oh hydrogen peroxide yeah. oh no oh, oh. It was, so that was my first experience with uh things that go boom things that go boom Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome yikes oh well, all right uh, so 
to add to and to carry on with your lineage rather than uh, Justin's uh, porno for everybody. But uh, <laughs> so uh, it was uh, early uh, opening days of the Iraqi invasion, and uh, we were operating out of what we called an airfield, but really it was two sections of highway that were long enough to land helicopters and C-130s on. And then they put a big berm up around the outside of it. They cleared out everything on the inside and then basically told us, hey, don't ever cross over the berm. Everything yeah. outside of the berm, it's all, it's all landmines. So, you know, the first couple of weeks we're like operating out of this place nobody's crossing over the berm you know everybody looks out there and all you see is a sea of landmines mentally that's it right you know? but out there off to the far far i don't even know if it's northeast i don't know what direction it was but it was all the way to the upper right hand corner outside of the berm is this gigantic tree out in the middle of nowhere the tree of life we called it the tree of wool, right? Because you looked down and you went, whoa, that's a tree. So Hell yeah. as time progressed and we were there longer and longer, you know, the safety mentality starts to break down as, you know, which is the reason why we were all Marines in the first place was, you know, we, we had common sense for about two weeks. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen? You know, the commandant's sitting around waiting to read like these mishap reports like, man, you know this is going to be good. Well, <laughs> so a couple of weeks go by and our, our like safety start, our safety mindset starts to deteriorate. And uh, right about that time, everybody gets struck with this illness where everybody's got the diarrhea. And I mean, the norovirus. Is, yeah, yeah. And so this oh, is, this is invading Iraq. There's no porta potties there. There's trenches with boxes on top of them and poor Lance corporals who have to go out and get their flamethrower qual so that they could burn <laughs> and stir poop. Yeah. Right. Loved it. It was great. You know, that go to find out the VA has got a whole list for these guys. Well, uh, I was fortunate enough to have grown up being very outdoorsy, knowing about the connection between things that you put in your mouth with your hands <laughs> leads to dysentery-like symptoms. So if I saw a fly land on my cracker, the whole MRE got thrown away. I just didn't eat that, like, you know, that portion of the day. So as we all know how MREs are, you know, I'm the only person on this entire airbase that is like literally bound up. Everybody else has got the virus and they're down. They're like blowing everywhere, right? And I'm like, nope, I haven't shit in like two weeks. You know? <laughs> well, I finally feel some movement and I was like, oh man, I think it's gonna happen. So we go out about 150 feet away from our maintenance tents. We have a trench that was dug with a four partitioned uh, plywood shit box on top of it. So I'm sitting on this shit box and of course I'm bound up, nothing's happening. I'm praying for things to happen. And I look off to the right side and that's where I see this wild dog and it is walking directly for the trio woe. 
And up until this point in time, we actually thought that like maybe our command was lying to us about the minefield being outside because none of us had seen it. Like right. there was no explosions. There was nothing like the entire time. And we had actually been discussing walking out to this tree to get a better look. <laughs> Just as this dog walks underneath this tree, he blows about 30 feet up into the air and comes down in blood mist. Oh my God. Which somehow manages to align all of my internal organs with the concussion and everything just comes falling out. <laughs> and so I get up, clean myself up. You know, I, I'm finally feeling, you know, relieved. You know, what I had been building up for two weeks was finally out of me. And I take a look around and that's when I realize that all of these people are laying down on the ground, you know, because of this explosion. And I'm laughing at these guys. And as I'm laughing at these guys, I hear this small little voice and I can't figure out where it's coming from. And that's when I look down and in between the shit box and the trench, there's a hole. And in that hole is this little Lance Corporal who had dove head first during the explosion, dove head first into that shit trench and was completely covered in, you know, everything that was in there. And he looked at me and he was like, Sergeant, help. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm sorry, man. Ask me anything else, but I am not touching you. And I left him there and I went back to work. Oh, my God. So how deep was this hole? It was uh, probably about eight foot deep. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. How full was it? Probably about two and a half foot of that eight foot. Yeah, unfortunately, like with what was going on at that point in time, you couldn't count on any of it being solid. So you weren't standing on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. Wow. Yep. That's fucking, that's gnarly. I want to get that guy's side of the story. Right? Right? I jumped in this pit. He's filing a lawsuit right now. Even though I didn't mention his name, he's going to sue me. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, do those uh, whistleblower, uh, like, don't have to identify myself rules apply to lawsuits? I know this guy that left me in a shithole in fucking Iraq. He wouldn't pull me out. He completely destroyed everything I believed about NCOs, man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, I mean, I, I think I've told this story before, but uh, I'll, I'll tell it again because you haven't heard it. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's definitely not on the same level, but it has to do with, you know, incoming and, and yeah. being new. So when I first when I first got to Iraq, I, I was fresh out of training. Mm-hmm. And in training, we don't have Humvees or MRAPs right. or anything like that. Yeah. Just, you know, the, the drill instructors are like, Incoming, incoming, you get to the bunker, you get down, right? So I'm I'm actually on top of an MRAP. This is my first week in, in, in Baghdad. I'm fixing a transceiver, and all of a sudden we get incoming. Incoming yeah. and rockets and, and everything. And uh, so and I was actually on the other side of a 12-foot T-wall. So I jumped down from the MRAP, jumped up to the top of the 12-foot T-wall, pulled myself up, and then dove. Dove yeah. down into a bunker. Oh, yeah. We get the all clear. Finally, my, my NCO comes, grabs me by the scruff, lifts me up. He says, Shermer, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, there's incoming. I'm getting to the bunker, Sergeant. He yeah. says, what does MRAP stand for? And I was like, hmm, 
Fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Like, mine-resistant ambush. Oh, motherfucker. He's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just jumped out of the safest place in this entire area, bro. <laughs> yeah. For, for a T-wall. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. But, you know, and that your story also reminds me, um, you ever seen those... Seen those memes? Like your first time in combat, you're yeah. wearing you're wearing the full load. Yeah, and then, everything. Yeah. Then the second, you're like you're barely wearing your skivvies. Yeah, yeah. And then the third, you're you're out like, there like. Uh, has anyone seen my rifle? <laughs> <laughs> the third, you're out there in like Hawaiian shirts. And, yes. You know. It looks like an episode of Mash. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh yeah. Well, like your story reminds me of this one time uh, when uh, we were at uh, we were at Camp Cupcake in uh, Iraq. Uh, we were at an air base, and uh, it was nice. You know, it was nice going from like you know the side of a road with some berms around it to an actual air base where I mean, you know, for the most part you feel safe, but you'd always get that indirect fire. And uh, we, I had a. Uh, a uh, Lance Corporal who was driving the Humvee and we were coming back from the aircraft. So we had all of this explosive stuff in the back of our Humvee and uh, we're driving and we're driving back to the explosives area where we store everything. Yeah. And we start taking incoming, right? And we're in an up armored Humvee, you know? So I'm not sweating it at all. <laughs> I look to my left and there's a empty driver's seat and literally watching a door go like this. I look out front and I am literally heading for the explosive storage area and I don't have a driver and my Humvee's still going. <laughs> so fuck? at this point, I jump, fortunately up armored Humvees move about the uh, same pace as that, uh, that steamroller oh, from yeah, uh, yeah. the Austin, Austin Power, Power movie. <laughs> yeah. So I jumped over the middle, I put the brakes on, got everything like stopped and I got out and I'm standing in the middle of this field like, wondering where this Lance Corporal went to because like he's just gone and all of a sudden he comes crawling out of this bush and I like looked at him and I was like hey uh what what are you doing and he's like um incoming I'm like up armored Humvee staff sergeant full of explosives heading toward like Dog, you couldn't have at least stopped, put the brakes on, and said, hey, Staff Sergeant, let's get out. At which point I would have been like, hey, Doc, it's okay, man. Why don't we stay inside of the armored Humvee? You know? <laughs> nope. Took it upon himself. He jumped out. Man, I wanted to write that kid up for a NAM just so he had to stand in front of the uh, stand in front of the formation while they read it. That's all I wanted. Like, I would gladly have gave that kid an award just so he had to stand in front and listen to them read. Because it was... It was hilarious. I was laughing by that point. I mean, we, we had gotten rocketed so much that, again, that two weeks, that mentality for safety had went out the window. And it was like, <laughs> no, like, do you guys want to go up on the roof and watch the fireworks? <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I think it's Iraqi 4th of July. <laughs> Too funny. That's fucking that, that reminds me, too, another, uh, another story. Speaking of, you know, as time goes by, you get mm. more and more comfortable. Yeah. Well, uh... My chief, my chief actually talked me into running the Disney World half marathon or the shadow marathon in fucking Baghdad. Oh, wow. So I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. And then from that, I, I decided I was going to do the full marathon when I got back. Right. So I started training for that. 
And then, so I had to run like up to 20 miles in, in and around Baghdad. Yeah. You know, and you're always supposed to run your battle bloody bears and all that yeah. shit. But, well, A, it's 120 degrees. Nobody <laughs> wants to gnarly. do it for that. No. And then B, nobody wants to run 20 miles. Yeah. <laughs> Whether they're in Baghdad or in fucking yeah. Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't care. They don't want to do it. No, it's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but I had it in my mind, and then I got comfortable. Yep. So I started running, like, up to 20 miles. Oh, yeah. In, in and around Baghdad by myself. That's at altitude, too, isn't it? No. No? Baghdad's, no, Baghdad's uh, flat. Like sea, level. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, sea level. But uh, so I'm, I'm running. I remember this one time. I think this was, like, a 20-mile run. And I'm running around. I want to say it was around uh, around Saddam's Palace. Uh-huh. Around Z Lake. Oh yeah. If, you're, if you know, if yep. you know that area. And I turned a corner, and as soon as I turned, there was two guys exiting this this vehicle, and the vehicle yeah. was fucking smoking. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, th- this shit's about to fucking go down. Yep. Like it's about to explode, but fortunately it didn't. But I kept going. I thought for sure. I'm like, my heart started beating so yeah. fucking fast. I'm like, this fucker's gonna blow. And then, so. Like I said, I wasn't supposed to be running alone, yeah. but I had to run past my command post. So I ran <laughs> past my command post, and it was at that point that my body decided I had done too much. Yep. And Shut I, down on it. It just shut down. I completely collapsed. Yep. Like, oh, that was good. On the, on the <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I completely collapsed right in front of my command post. Yeah. Like, my body just failed. Wow. It's crazy I, how that stuff happens. But I man. was like I was like, fuck this. I'm not oh, getting yeah. I'm not getting caught running out alone. Yep. So like I did like a combat roll and I started like on my <laughs> on my elbows, <laughs> knees and elbows, like getting out of the way so they wouldn't see me. I'm so fucking into this. Oh <laughs> yeah. this PT is intense. And then like I crawled literally I crawled back to my uh <laughs> oh, God. to my did, bed. Uh, has Big Mac ever told you uh the story about him uh him getting hit by the Humvee and uh in Al Assad? No. Let's, Dude, let's hear next that. time next time next time you talk to Big Mac, I won't steal his thunder. Ask him <laughs> ask him about getting ran over by the gunny in a Humvee. Oh, wow. And just so that everybody knows, he was wearing his glow belt. So <laughs> from my mm. understanding, it was physically impossible for him to get hit by this Humvee. Right. But somehow the moons aligned and you know, the planet was in like, you know, in line with some constellation, and Big Mac got ran over by a reindeer. I mean, it was jacked. Maybe his glow belt wasn't serviceable. That right, was the right. problem. Maybe, it, maybe the, battery, it had an, the yeah. batteries had ran out. Or maybe it had like an IP on it somewhere that he didn't oh, fucking trim. You know? Never thought about yeah, that, man. Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense why why IPs were such a big thing in boot camp. They, they denegrate your, uh, your glow belt usability. Wow. Fucking All right, awesome. gentlemen. All right. To the foo bar.
day. 